Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. As the old adage goes, our children are our future. My guest today has decades of experience working with students of all ages in the public education system. Highly awarded in academia and an outstanding columnist in his own right, he seeks to educate and inform Canadians about how to best equip the upcoming generation to be world changers. From the heart of Canada, Manitoba, Michael Zwagstra joins me today. Hey, Michael. Well, thank you very much, Leon. It's a pleasure to be with you. I want to talk a little bit about education and what is going on in our country. I, I talked to a lot of parents who are concerned off the charts, and the other day I talked to a group of parents who didn't know anything about uh, some of the stuff happening. But what's going on? What's the education climate like in, in Canada? What are you seeing? Well, we've certainly had a, a difficult uh, couple of years uh, with uh, COVID restrictions and online learning for many students. and. Uh, uh, the reality is, is that remote learning for the vast majority of students is not at all a substitute for in-person classroom learning. Um, so that has certainly uh, taken a hit on our system. Uh, I am hoping that things are back to normal at this point. Um, as far as where things are at overall, I mean, it's a lot of it depends on uh, where you are and what school you're in, uh, because not all schools are the same. And frankly, even right. within the public education system, uh, not all schools are the same. But uh, uh, you know, there you have a lot of parents that are that are reasonably satisfied, but you have a lot of others that have uh, some significant concerns. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, are you seeing anything with some of the woke stuff and the CRT, all the things that the, I'm getting reports, they're coming out of our schools. What are you noticing? Well, one of my biggest concerns is when we insert politics into the classroom. And uh, I'm a strong believer that students need to be well-informed and they need to be challenged. I have no problem at all with exposing students to uh, different ideas and different perspectives. I think that's, uh, I think that's very important. Uh, my concern is when it becomes political, uh, when you're pushing certain ideas in students. And uh, uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, for example, I was on a, uh, a CBC show called The Current, where there were three teachers on this panel. I was one of the three teachers. And the topic was, is it okay to take your kids to an activist political rally? In this case, the context was environmentalist rallies. And I was the only teacher on the panel that said, absolutely not. It's, uh, of course, you don't get your students politically involved. Uh, you provide them with information. And if they choose to get involved and they choose to dive into something, that's great. That's uh, they want to form a club and uh, uh, and explore further. That's wonderful. But uh, it's concerning when you have uh, when you have a teacher pushing his or her ideas on students. And uh, uh, if all students in your class seem to all have the same opinion and are all doing the same projects on the same thing, I, I find that hard to believe that that's just naturally happening. Um, students tend to be heavily influenced by teachers, and we have such an important responsibility as teachers not to be pushing our beliefs on students. And uh, it is important that we try to step back as much as possible uh, and, uh, and not just push an ideology on kids. I know years ago, it was just so important that to pursue truth is to listen to both sides or the seven sides or whatever is going on and not just to cocoon yourself and not listen to others. Um, but today, the politics of this thing is if you speak up against some of these ideologies, man, are you dealt with. 
Well, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very concerning when this happens. And, uh, you know, for example, I mean, in that panel discussion I was on, we were talking about uh, taking, uh, taking students to uh, uh, environmentalist protest rallies and specifically in, in the context like the anti-pipeline rallies. And like, I made the argument and I made it in other contexts that what if you've got kids in the class whose parents or grandparents or other relatives work in the oil sector? I mean, how do you think those kids feel where yeah. their teacher is pushing uh, this ideology that it's bad to build pipelines? And I would apply that to any political orientation, any political belief. Uh, it's, it's really important that schools not be pushing uh, these things and particularly public schools because public schools are supposed to be open and accessible to everyone. Um, but when students are feeling unwelcome because their uh, political views or their personal views or their religious views aren't welcome, uh, all in the name of diversity, well, that obviously is not, uh, is not helpful at all. No, uh, some of the complaints we're hearing from parents as well is that it's like teachers feel like they have the right uh, to form uh, you know, the morals, the beliefs of the students even hiding it from the parents. Uh, you know, the things they're teaching at some of these public schools, and these are complaints that are coming back to us from parents. They're not even letting us know uh, what's going on, and, and, and they're hiding it from us. That should never happen. That, that's usurping authority, I think. Well, that should never happen. I agree. The, uh, uh, you should not. Schools serve the community. We exist uh, to, be a, to help, to provide an education, but we are not the parents. The parents are the ones who are the primary, ultimately the primary educators of their children. Yes. And so we need to respect that as teachers. And so we are not there to change the community that we're in. We're not there to you know, educate the kids away from the so-called backward beliefs of their parents. We are there to show them facts and help them learn about the history of our country, to learn about science and math. Right. And obviously, they'll make their own decisions. And if they, if they choose to get involved and become activists, well, that's great. They have my blessing to do that. Um, but I certainly hope it's not because I'm going to be pushing any particular ideas on them. You know, when it comes to the OECD uh, countries, um, how are we, how is Canada stacking up when it comes to education against some of the other countries in the world? Well, when you look at Canada as a whole, and it's important to note that we really have 10 different education systems because each province is in charge of its own education system. And then the three territories basically just take the education system for one of the provinces. Uh, so uh, it varies a fair bit. On average, Canada has done fairly well in the OECD, but uh, it, it's, it's not the same from province to province. And so, for example, uh, provinces like uh, Alberta and BC and certain degree Ontario and some things um, have, have generally been higher performing. Other provinces have been have been lower. Uh, on average, we've been fairly good, but it has declined. I mean, if you look at our math and our reading air, uh, scores and the science scores, and you look at the PISA, which is the Program for International Student Assessment, which is the tool that's used to compare these countries, uh, we do see that there has been a trend downward. We're not anywhere near the bottom at this point, which is good, um, but uh, uh, we aren't as high as we once were. Wow. I, I'm, I'm hearing parents saying things like, my kids come home and we don't talk about science or spelling. or, or It's all talking about woke stuff, gender stuff, at literally every age group. And, if, and that's, if, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's uh, that, that's not what we should be doing as teachers. No. I mean, we should be focusing on the academic basics. And because if we're really passionate about social justice and the proper understanding of social justice is that we are trying to give everyone an opportunity, help everyone to have a leg up, provide everyone with the tools they need to be successful. Yeah. And that means helping everyone learn how to read and do basic math because those are the things that are gonna help you be successful. And the, the kids who need that the most in school are the kids from disadvantaged backgrounds. And so if we really are passionate about social justice, we should be doing everything we can to get the politics out and the woke stuff out and instead focusing on those academic basics and the foundational knowledge. Because generally speaking, when you're coming from a disadvantaged home, when you're really poor and you don't have food and all that, uh, you're not getting those academic basics at home. You know, the parents who are wealthy, they can afford tutors, they can afford private schools. You know, in many cases, they will be fine because the parents have the resources to make sure that it's fine. But for everyone else, whose parents don't have these resources, it is a tragedy uh, if schools aren't providing those uh, those fundamental basics because you're not gonna go very far in life if you don't know how to read well or to do basic math. So everybody should be concerned about the public school system, even if you've got your kids in private school or you're homeschooling, because that's crucial to help give a huge part of the country, like you said, a leg up uh, well, in working. Absolutely. The, uh, in order to understand, uh, in, in order to look at how the country is doing, the education system has to be healthy and functioning well. And so you're right. It does, even if you don't have kids in the public education system, or frankly, if you don't have kids at all, the overall health of society is, is quite, tight, uh, quite tightly tied to, your, uh, to the education level. And that means that uh, if, if people aren't well educated, if they're not able to comprehend new ideas and they, if they can't read newspapers or online articles very effectively and, and absorb new ideas because they don't have the foundational knowledge in place, that doesn't bode well for society. And so quality education system matters to everyone, whether you have kids in the public system or not. No, that is so true. I'm, the parents that I'm speaking with and, you know, and talking to and, and unprovoked, they're just sharing their thoughts, but we're noticing that homeschooling is, uh, people are moving towards homeschooling, they're moving towards private schools, and the parents are saying because of what is being taught in the public school system or not taught, and because their agenda seems to take their kids and inflict the beliefs of the teacher on them when it comes to all this, the woke, the CRT, the gender issues. Are you seeing the same thing? What are you noticing? Yeah, I do see that happening. And uh, to be clear, I support choice and education. I believe mm -hmm. that parents should have the right uh, to choose a private school. They should have the yep. right to homeschool and they should have the right to a public school. And so uh, I do not have any problem at all with parents actively choosing homeschooling and private schooling. Um, it is unfortunate if they're choosing it because the public school isn't providing them what they need, or if it's pushing ideology on them that they don't support, or if it's not providing the academic basics. Um, that's unfortunate that parents feel forced into that choice. So if they're feeling forced into, well, I've got no other option but to do these other things, that is too bad. But um, I do believe fully in free choice. Uh, the, the system is stronger uh, when there are many options available. So whether that's public charter as they have in Alberta, uh, private, independent, or homeschool. Yeah. Parents and getting back to common sense education. You know, parents are saying, well, what do I do? What do I do? 
Um, what's your advice to parents who, who are concerned and have issues with what's going on in their in their public schools? Well, the first uh, the first piece of advice I give is is always talk to the teacher uh, in terms of uh, make that effort first because for all you know, perhaps the teacher might be sympathetic or might not be aware of what they're doing and how in terms of the the harm that it's causing. Uh, talk to the principal of the school, uh, talk to the, the school board trustees, you can work your way up in that way. Yeah. And so it is important to follow proper channels uh, right. because it, not all schools are the same. Not all teachers are into woke ideology. I know plenty who aren't, yeah. uh, many actually who, who, who are not yeah. throughout all of the public education system. So don't assume uh, that, uh, uh, that you're not gonna get a proper hearing. Uh, so follow the proper channels. And if you ultimately cannot, you know, resolve it and you're not getting the education your kids need, that's when uh, you may have to look at other options, uh, uh, you know, in terms of other schooling options. And that's also when you can go public, you know, you can write letters to the editor, you know, or, you know, get a petition going, that sort of thing. But I would recommend as a first and foremost, do talk to the teacher and work your way up from there, just to make sure you exhaust those channels to see if there's something that could be done at the lower levels. That is well said. I think that's crucial. I think that if there is a groundswell of concern. The teachers need to hear it. The principals need to hear it. The board needs to hear it. And so to start at the bottom, and it doesn't matter how much pushback you get, keep going and let your voice be heard. Because Canadians, you know, we tend to think, well, things are going to work out and we don't want to upset anybody. We want to be nice. But when things are, when important issues rise up, we should be speaking up. That's a, that's a cornerstone. That's a key to, to freedom and to democracy is to speak up. Well, and, and to be clear, uh, being assertive doesn't mean you can't be nice. Uh, exactly. You can, you can be nice and you can be assertive in a nice way, and uh, and we do need to speak out. And this is why it's also good when teachers speak out. And I've been doing this for many years. I've been a teacher for for over twenty two years now, uh, and I've been speaking out and writing publicly for uh, for well over a dozen years at this point. And uh, because a lot, a lot of teachers are afraid to do that. And so I try to put out as many of these ideas and so this counter uh, perspective out there so that other teachers know that, uh, that they're not alone. And, uh, but, but again, you can, you can be assertive uh, and nice at the same time. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's important we try to do things the right way. Are you in, in relationship or talking with any teachers who have you know, tried to speak up about what might be going on in the public school system that they don't like and have really been disciplined or dealt with? Is there, are you seeing any of that going on out there? Well, I certainly am seeing some of it. And uh, there are some cases that have been well reported in the, uh, in the media. So for example, in Ontario, the case of uh, Chanel Fall uh, is, uh, is, uh, is concerning. Uh, she's at, uh, currently running for school trustee, I believe in Ottawa. Uh, but she uh, was a teacher for a few years with the Ottawa Catholic School Board and uh, had written a couple of private comments on a, a teacher's uh, Facebook group uh, expressing uh, disagreement with teaching critical race theory in schools. Two very brief comments, just basically saying that we should just treat everyone equally and, 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 and then also linking to a speech given by a, a United Kingdom a politician. And for those two brief comments, uh, she's now being investigated by the Ontario College of Teachers. And I find that uh, I find that concerning. And again, the issue isn't whether, frankly, the issue isn't even whether she's right or wrong about uh, about her her viewpoint. It's that why is why is your viewpoint being investigated at all? Uh, a, a professional regulatory body, whether it's for teachers or nurses or any, uh, should be focused on professional standards. 
uh, I don't think that they should be investigating you uh, based on your political beliefs. Uh, the, uh, the professionals have a diversity of opinion. That's good. Uh, I'd be very concerned if every single teacher thought exactly like me uh, or if every lawyer thought exactly the same way. Uh, professions are strongest when you have diversity. And so uh, when I see cases like that, that one, where you have an investigation based on Facebook comments and nothing to do with what's going on in the classroom, uh, that's uh, that certainly discourages uh, any teachers from uh, from speaking out. You know, there are parents that are listening. And for those of you who are in the industry, who are in this area of education, the wealth of knowledge that you accumulate is so far beyond us parents and grandparents. But when we use the word woke, for those who are watching right now, what do, what, what do they mean with the term woke and woke ideology pushing against our schools? Well, you know, I, I've, uh, woke is one of those words that's tough to define precisely. Uh, I think it's actually the new politically, in, politically correct. You yeah. know how we always said uh, they're being politically correct? Well, woke has kind of taken the place of that. And so uh, it's really woke ideology is uh, often used to describe ideology where we focus on personal identity above everything else. And so where we make assumptions uh, about someone's race and then we say that, well, because they're from this racial background, they're disadvantaged or because they're from this other racial background, uh, they have, they're coming from a place of privilege. And then the idea is that everything is to be seen through the lens of that. And then you see the same kind of thing when you're talking about gender and such, everything is revolving around that aspect of identity. And the problem with woke ideology and, and taking and making identity the thing that's first and foremost uh, is that uh, it, it takes away your, your uniqueness as a person. Um, I, I, I look at people as people. And the moment you start primarily looking at someone because of their race or because of their gender, or frankly, even because of their religion, and you're looking at just those things and making assumptions, well, that makes it pretty hard to actually work together effectively. And so uh, I believe that all people uh, need to be treated uh, fairly, equally. It doesn't mean everyone gets treated the same in every context. Of course, some people need help, additional assistance and all that. I certainly know that as a teacher. I don't treat everyone exactly the same, but I do try to treat everyone fairly. And I certainly don't make assumptions based on whatever, you know, certain aspects of identity. That's where we need to be pushing back. Yeah, that is so true. The, when you talk about critical race theory, it's, it's doing the opposite of what they say they're doing. I mean, like when you focus on for example, uh, a little white boy in school and just let him know that for the rest of his life, uh, he's never going to be able to win against these, this slur coming against him, that you're the problem. Like, it's, how do you even get past that? There's nothing he can do to rise up and be fair and integrous and honorable to all of those around him. He's, he's, it's, it's prejudice. Well, and the thing is, is that I'm not saying that we shouldn't, students shouldn't learn about our past and frankly, some of our current issues. I mean, we have problems as a country that uh, yes. uh, we, we have not always treated people equally and fairly. I mean, yep. you, whether it's uh, indigenous residential schools or the Chinese head tax or the Japanese internment camps in World War II, these are pretty, these are very bad things. Well, there, is, yes. uh, there is a substantial uh, amount of uh, negative aspects to our history students need to learn about. Uh, but that's not all that we learn about, and we don't make assumptions that uh, uh, about people based on uh, uh, based on their identity. And so that's where we need to be. We need to educate about uh, about the past and about our current situation. That's why we, I, I'm a big believer in learning teaching about civics. I mean, that's one of the things that I actually do teach. 
Um, but uh, let's make sure that we're not uh, uh, we're not putting people into boxes that they shouldn't be in. Yeah, that is true. You know, a lot of times when they talk about equality and equity, it's an interesting thing that you know everybody should have equal opportunity, equal opportunity to for for so much. But when they start talking uh, much of this ideology, when they talk about equity, they're looking at the equality of outcome. Correct. Yeah, one of the yes, one of the one of the biggest problems uh, and mistakes that I see is when uh, we focus on equality of outcome rather than uh, equality of opportunity, um, because obviously you're never going to have total equality of outcome. You're never going to have a situation where everyone makes the exact same amount of money, uh, where everyone lives in the exact same type of house and has the exact same uh, life, uh, because our our personal choices do matter in life, and so. Uh, we do need to provide equality of opportunity. And to be clear, that doesn't mean that we don't provide additional assistance to students who need it. I am yes. a firm believer that if a student is coming from a disadvantaged background, a poor background, yeah, we'd better be making sure that they're well-fed and that if there's extra support needed that we provide it. We don't just simply say, well, you get the exact same help that anyone else, even if the others don't need it as much. But what we don't do is we don't start holding other people down or we start making assumptions uh, about well, we have to have, we we have to have everyone uh, turn out precisely the same way. So yes, equality of opportunity with supports is our goal, uh, not identical outcomes for everyone, because that's not something that we can actually do. So for parents who are watching and going, okay, I, this is brand new to me. Where can they go to learn uh, some of these things that are going on? Do you have anything out there? Is there any place that you go to to learn about what's happening in Canada today when it comes to university, when it comes to school, and especially this area of woke and CRT and equity and equality. Because if you don't look at it as a whole, you can think it all looks great until you begin to back up and look at its impact over the years ahead. You know, one of the, uh, one of the best places to go in Canada is to uh, go to a number of, uh, of the different think tanks that, uh, that we have here. Uh, I do check regular news organizations, uh, even mm -hmm. though I, I do find them very biased, but they do have good information, even if you, you have to sort of look for the bias. But so, for example, I mean, two think tanks that I'm currently affiliated with, the Fraser Institute and the Frontier Center for Public Policy, have yeah. some very good resources, and uh, I publish for both of them. Um, CARDIS is also an excellent think tank. They're based yep. in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, and they provide uh, a lot of good information, including on education. And so um, just going to uh, uh, some of the different think tanks and, uh, and and frankly, if someone just wants to Google my name, they will find no shortage of articles that I've written <laughs> on this topic. And I have one of those distinctive names that the stuff will pop up pretty quick. <laughs> you know, I like what you just said, because a lot of times people say, well, who's talking? Because one of the things that is real buzzwords as well, you know, all, everybody's online th saying things and how do you know they're true? But when you go to think tanks, you've got some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. You've got people who are educated, who are working together, a ton of great people. And they're studying and they're interpreting this and they're looking at stats and they're presenting their body of work. And so I, I concur. I think it's a great idea. So the, the Fraser, Frontier, uh, Cardis are three great places to go. And you find a lot of topics between those three. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, it, those are fantastic resources. And because think tanks... Uh, they challenge ideas that are out there. Uh, they put out research. Uh, I mean, and, and they're, they put out research that universities often don't touch. I mean, and universities, that's where you get a lot of the woke stuff and the, yeah. uh, uh, the esoteric, even if it's not that woke, it's just this stuff that 
no one cares about except the tiny, tiny segments of the population. What's great about think tanks is they're actually writing for the general public. That's who the target audience is, not just fellow experts, although uh, obviously those are, those are people that, uh, that should read it as well. Um, but uh, think tanks do try to make sure that their, their, their uh, articles and their reports are accessible to the broader public. Most of the experts, well, every expert I'm talking to, when I ask for advice from them, they're saying it's time to just distrust everything and do your own research. We, we can't afford just to say, well, you know, so-and-so said, let's go ahead, or mainstream media said, or the school says. At our fingertips, we've got so much uh, stuff to go through, and you're, we're going to have to take time and begin to get involved in our children's education. You said it earlier, and it's very true. It is the parents that are responsible for the education of their kids. The fact we've got school systems and teachers and, and all that we've got is a great blessing, but we can't uh, let go of this responsibility of keeping it safe and keeping it right. I will also just add that uh, uh, in addition to going to some of the great places for resources, uh, we don't want to commit the opposite error of sheltering our kids away from contrary ideas. So I would say uh, that yes, uh, mainstream media, there is a bias there, but don't assume that there's nothing in there that's accurate and never check it out because then you're missing out on other information. And frankly, even go to some of the stuff that, uh, uh, that is putting out some, well, rather left-wing ideas that I don't think are terribly helpful, but you should still know it's out there. So you go to, I read Press Progress, which is horribly biased, left-wing, they do smear jobs, but at least yep. I know what they're doing and what's out there. You, I go to the exactly. Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. They produce some pretty kooky ideas, um, but I wanna be aware of those. And like in school, like I teach courses like world religions, I teach ethics, and I do bring in contrary ideas. I bring all the speakers from all different uh, religious groups, uh, different ethical perspectives. I, I have a, within my ethics class, I bring in a pro-choice speaker one day, a pro-life speaker the other day. So, it, and so as parents, I strongly recommend the best time for your kids to get exposed to different ideas that challenge your worldview just right now, when you're at home with your parents in a supportive environment, and if you're if you're a person of faith and you're in a church, when you're still in your home church with your parents, where you can talk these things through, don't let the don't let your first year university be your first time you're exposed to these contrary ideas. Um, get exposed to them now, so that way you know what is out there, um, and do that while you are still at home. Do it while your kids are still at home with you. Wow, I think that is very well said because I see so many people trying to protect their kids. But the whole goal for raising children is, is to get them to a place where they're thinking on their own, managing on their own, understanding. And, and you're right, I see a ton of families who just protect them from ideologies out there. Then they go to university and it's literally almost over because they get attacked. And anything that they've been taught at home, uh, they just get attacked. And they fall away from some of the great teaching uh, that their, their parents have given them. But man, we're out of time, but th this has been great. Thank you so much for talking with me today and this important topic of education. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Leon. It's been a pleasure. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.